Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in the Wondery studio with my sister, Leanne Dolan. Leanne, how you doing? Fantastic, Good. Liz. Another big dance performance this week at the old folks' home. So. You're kidding. Oh, so, oh. Yeah, really high, high stakes. <laughs> if they're awake, it's going to be high stakes. <laughs> well, all that jazz should wake them up. So, and then you start to ease on down the road. Yeah. Come on, people. It's happening. That'll it's get happening them to again. rally. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. How you doing? Happy spring to everyone. First day of spring. It feels like spring here, but I know in many parts of the U.S., it doesn't feel like spring. So it's coming. That's all I can say. Okay. Hang on. All right. Well, we have a super duper full show today, but we did want to mention a couple of things right at the top. Uh, You can now listen to Satellite Sisters on NPR One. Ooh, fancy. Isn't that good? We're (laughs) kind of back to our roots. Some of you may recall that we originally started on public radio. We were a weekly show on public radio uh, before we moved on and found ourselves here. But anyway, NPR One. So in addition to Spotify and Stitcher and, of course, Apple Podcasts, if you use NPR One, it would be great if you started listening to us there. Uh, I, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it's good. It makes us a little classier operation. It does. What do you think, Classes up the joint. Let's face it. I think we've held our standards pretty high, even post-public radio. So we can yes. just slide right back in there. Well, wait to hear what we're talking about today. I mean, it's... <laughs> Classy stuff. Highbrow. Yeah. Some highbrow well, things, including cute alert from Pier One Woodland Creatures. And the yes. note I have yes. Daphne it's the an Duck. Emergency. It's an emergency at Pier One. Okay. Just strap yourself in. You have got to act today. Okay. One other thing I want to mention the Satellite Sister Shop, open for business. You know, it's uh, still Women's History Month. So all the gifts, all the stay noisy gifts you're sending out to your friends for Women's History Month, you can get that. Or we have just so many great items. There's so many things that come up in the spring where you're going to want gifts. I have one of the Stay Noisy little onesies for a baby shower I'm going to this weekend, which I'm super excited about. I was happy to wear my uh, Satellite Sisters t-shirt at the panel this yes. weekend. Leanne, looking my good in the merch. first opportunity to wear the merch, yeah. <laughs> so you can find the shop. If you go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see where it says shop. You can click there and it takes you through. Or if you're on our Facebook page, not the Facebook group, but the Facebook page, and you click on shop now, I think that should be clear. And uh, you just order the heck out of that stuff. We re- And then we really enjoy seeing the photos of you wearing it. So feel free to follow up with us after you buy the merch. Liz, you'll be happy to know I actually ordered... 10 of the makeup bags you did. for the International Women of Courage. That's, so we're <laughs> to put in the gift so bags. Nice. That's a very so, good idea. Yeah, donating that and it's going global. So when okay. they announce the women this week, uh, you'll know what countries the makeup bags are headed off to. <laughs> and then they had to buy some beauty products to put in the makeup bags. Oh. You can't just give people makeup bags, right? No. Well, no. you could. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, so what are we talking about today, Leanne? It's All quite right. a list we have in It is. Of. Well, we're going to talk about the panel that Liz and I did this weekend at the Santa Monica Public Library. We had plenty of people there. We want to thank people thank for everyone coming. Everyone who came. Thank so you. So we're going to talk about that. We have an awesome, bitter business bureau. Uh, you know we're coming at you, Facebook. <laughs> Reluctantly. 
I know well, we've been we've been bitter about uh, Facebook for a long time. Yeah. Not Facebook, but Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We've been pretty well, from the beginning. We've been bitter about him. So this is nothing new. Okay. Julie, you have an awesome royalty pod. It's comprehensive. It's- I am going to have to talk fast. There is so much royal news. And then uh, we're going to have a little update on obituaries from the New York Times in honor of Women's History Month. Yeah. They're going back and they're doing obituaries for all of the women they originally forgot, which is like some boffo women. Like Sylvia Plath never got an obituary. What's her name? Jane Eyre? Never got an obituary. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. Charlotte Bronte. Yeah. I was going to say, she's fictional. Yes. But what do you have to do in your life that Charlotte Bronte didn't do to actually get written up in the paper? So anyway, very interesting uh, program that they're, where they're kind of finally getting around to many of the women they just forgot. It's a special urban holiday today, National Ravioli Day. Oh, so we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, okay. Leanne, Leanne, you're always I'm on top of I'm already, Leanne. Mm. <laughs> and the aforementioned cute things appear one story. And, of course, then followed by a story about Daphne the Duck. So <laughs> you can see why we're on NPR One. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's pretty We fair. earned our way back onto NPR But we're, we're going to start with something substantive. Yeah. Liz, we had a panel discussion this week uh, sort of on Stay Noisy. I'm talking about equality in the workplace and gender discrimination and making positive change in an era where people seem to be open to changing the status quo for women in the workplace. And you were a panelist as one of the world's leading marketers. We also had Leanne Daly, who is the former chief marketing officer at ESPN and Reuters News Network. And then we had Sarah Fisher as a panelist, who is the head of production at Shondaland, and they have taken over television. I I think they're the only production company now on TV. So (laughs) So we were able to talk to these three high-powered female executives about their careers, about the things they had encountered in their careers and how they had made positive change in the workplace. I thought you were all, like, fantastically qualified, I have to say. (laughs) Thank you, Leanne. (laughs) I mean, I guess 30 years in the trenches making all the hard decisions. I don't know. You guys really had your acts together. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You had some excellent questions. But yeah, yeah, we all had a chance to really speak our mind. It's great to be in front of a group like that and really just sort of think back on, wow, I can't believe that happened. Or like Leanne Daly told uh, like a really powerful story about going in and demanding a raise when she realized that the guy in the cubicle next door who was bringing in like half of the business she was bringing in was getting paid a third more than she was getting paid. And she just went in and she drew a line in the sand and she said, you have a week or I'm going to go. And I matched that story, Julie, with the exact opposite, where I just got really mad one time at realizing I was underpaid compared to my colleagues. And I just boycotted work for a week and then I came back. So, so, so my, uh, that's a different, uh, that's a different strategy, Liz, but uh-huh. uh, it worked. Right? I do, no, I do not recommend raises? that strategy. I do, don't get mad, get a raise. That would be my, that would be my new strategy. Like, so what? So they knew I was mad. So that should not be enough. That's <laughs> so anyway. And then Sarah Fisher had a really unique insights because, as she said, she is part of a matriarchy, not a patriarchy, because Shonda Rhimes pretty much gets to do whatever she wants at her company. Right. And, she, and there are m- many of the employees are women. They turn to women first to hire as producers and, and below the line people in terms of directors and first ADs. And it's just it's like all free flowing Diet Coke and free t- tampons <laughs> there at, at Sh- Shondaland. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was hard to relate. Mm-hmm. It sounded like a dream job, but jobs are still jobs. Yes. And, you know, and Sarah had earned that because she has 30 years of production experience and like production in terms of standing out like on a set in the rain, in the rain at 2 a.m. being the last one to leave because she was the first assistant director. And that's what you did. Yeah. So there were a lot of good conversations, Julie, about um you know, reframing, reframing your role in a company to make it more strategic on paper, because all three of you said that's where you don't get the big pay raises if you're not doing anything strategic. Mm-hmm. And women strategy <laughs> and, and women tend to go into fields that are not considered strategic, say marketing and communications. Yeah, which is pretty damn strategic. Right. If you ask me. But. I know. But it's not like. The engineers, it's not yeah. the product designers, it's, it may not be, you know, the sales, which is also mm-hmm. super important in a lot of these companies. And so that was, I thought, excellent advice. You all yeah. gave really good advice. Yes. I thought we did too. Thank yeah. you, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there was one thing that I never got around to saying, so I figured I would just say it here because, uh, you know, we can say whatever we want here too. Right. And the uh, Sarah is on one of the um, spokes. That's what they call it in the Time's Up movement. So that's like all volunteers who are working within their own businesses to um, to sort of set new rules and like air out some of the things that need to get talked about. And so she's doing it particularly in, in the entertainment business in what's called the below the line people, which is the production people, the people that are not on a budget. It's not the stars. It's not the producers. Anyway, so um, so we were talking about that and what Time's Up really means, which and I think it can be a super practical thing to just get everyone more aware of, come on. We're just fairness, safety, equality in the workplace. It it may take a long time, but it's really not that complicated. And I just wanted to say that, you know, when you I read now things where people are saying, oh, no, like with Time's Up and Me Too, there are all these new rules. Now we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Like, oh, I say an off-color joke and now I have to worry. And I just want to say, like, no, that's not really at all what this is about. The things that are against the rules now we're always against the rules. We here, just, here, Liz. We Thank just were you. not I mean, enforcing it's... the rules. So guess what, Matt Lauer? You do not get to sexually assault women in your office. Right. Yeah. That has always been against the rules. Right. Harvey Weinstein, right. always against the rules. If you look at everyone who's like lost their job in the wave since this fall, these are people who are assaulting. women in the workplace and Mm -hmm. you know these are these are things that we always thought were against the rules i honestly never knew that it was going on at the level uh that it appears to be partly because women stayed silent about it that's why Mm -hmm. it's so important to step forward and you know what six months of stepping forwards not really enough to remedy like a couple of hundred years (laughs) right of stuff but i do want to say like mm, don't stand still for that oh now all the rules are different uh, narrative because no, they're not. Right. No, you just got to actually follow them now. Right. Right, Joel? I, th- I feel like I, that's- I, No, I'm with you, Liz. I think that's a really good point. Uh, you know, that it's not that hard. I mean, they're, I know, <laughs> it's not yes. that hard to do the right thing. Okay. It's just that people have been doing the wrong thing and getting away with it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and it takes effort because that came through in, in on 
So behavior, like off-color jokes, that is not that hard. But also this idea of hiring. We talked a lot about the pipeline. Yeah. Are there women in the pipeline? It's sort of the answer to and the cause of why women aren't promoted. There's no women in the pipeline. We need more women in the pipeline. Who's in the pipeline? People of color in the pipeline. So we talked about the pipeline. Yeah. Like, And that actually takes an effort. And both uh, Sarah Fisher talked about how the Time's Up movement in Hollywood is trying to reinstate apprenticeships uh, for things like key grips and first assistant director. And they're trying to work with unions to get those back in place because that's how you get people in the pipeline. That's how you get in the pipeline. That's and, how you get trained to do the job. And Sarah and, and Leanne Daly, who was at ESPN, said, you know, we made a real concerted effort again 20 years ago. So we started recruiting at schools. We didn't just go to the same five schools and recruit. Let's yeah. just go get some more people from Michigan and B.C., you <laughs> yes. know, like because that's what everyone yeah. at ESPN came from the sports pages of the University of Michigan or BC papers, you know, they went to Howard. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, we need to get some people. Let's go to Howard and get some people. Like, it actually takes a little bit of effort. So that yes. came through what, too. Yeah, but all of that, you know, Liz and Leanne, those, those are, you know, recruiting things that when I, even when I worked in business school admissions, we were talking about it. So the old is new again. And, right. that's, and it just... <laughs> It just reinforces that you do need to double down and be very purposeful about about all of these things. Exactly. exactly. And Leanne made the point, you have to compensate people for that. You're asking them to do something that's a little bit harder than hiring the usual guys from the usual schools. So yeah. like, then if that's important to you as a company, then you need to make sure that the people who are doing a good job with that make more money than the people who are not. So. Right. I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. too. Right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, money talks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a business. Pretty right. simple. Pretty so. simple. So it was a really, a really interesting afternoon. We are going to edit it as a podcast. We don't have a release date yet, but we'll let you know we're working on that as much as well as a bunch of other things. We'd like to thank all the people that that came to the event, yes. made it through the marathon traffic, which we really downplayed. And then we realized but it was super bad. It was really bad. So we <laughs> would like to like. We really we underestimated the parking aspect we didn't of it. Get it. Apparently everyone that's driving to Santa Monica to pick up their person who had run the marathon. Oh, dear. parks oh, dear. at the library. Yes. And and the library hadn't really told us that. So we just want to apologize. We we Not didn't. that you're blaming the Santa Monica Library, no, but it just that's no. a major event there in Santa Monica, and now we know. So uh, so we want to thank the people that came and a few people that stayed afterwards yes. to go to Esther's Wine Bar. And we had a nice little group afterwards. Yeah, fantastic. Marsha and her daughter came down from Ventura County, so we're very happy that they made the effort. And Melissa, I appreciate this. Melissa is the daughter-in-law of longtime Satellite Sister Sharon, who posts mm-hmm. all the time in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Sharon is on the East Coast, right? Sharon, I think you're in Atlanta or somewhere, right? But anyway, Sharon sent a link to her daughter-in-law who brought a couple of her millennial girlfriends. Right. And so we got three youngins who were like super interesting and fun to talk to. So I like the next gen aspect. And all in the entertainment business. Yeah. They were happy. To, and they sat in the front row. Yes. I mean, good for them. Come on down. <laughs> Come on down. So it was a good day. Women's History Month. We're, it's all... It's all my, it's every day, all day here at Satellite Sisters, but really happening in March. Okay, one other quick highlight of the day, Sunday, Julie, is that Leon got a chance to like stop by my house and meet Hooper, my oh, new dog. Oh, all right, Leon, so, what's the dog? What's the dog report on the new dog? He's just adorable. I mean, yeah. he has oh. the cutest little face. He was so happy to meet me. He didn't bark at all, which I liked. You know, because Ferris used to do that little bark when yeah. you, <laughs> you know, when he came to meet you. No, Hooper just 
wanders out and then wanders in. He clearly adores Liz. They have a little thing. They have uh-huh. a little jump up thing that they do, which is very cute. I call it his dancing bear. Very cute. Yeah, very cute. He has a very strange tail. I'll just say that. He's, he has, you, you've called him bits and pieces. He totally is. Like, I realize he's like Mr. Potato Head yeah. dog, you know? Yeah. Like every part of his body comes from a different dog and just yeah. put together. Yeah. So, but you particularly thought his, his, tail was unusual. It was unusual because I think with Scotty's and with Dachshunds, they, which he appears to be part of some of sort of. Yeah, we yeah, don't know. Yeah. They dock their tails. So a Scotty with a long tail. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. unusual, right, Julie? It's unusual. It is. I, mean, I, I, no, I have so never seen that. That's but I re- forward that, to meeting Hooper soon. That's yes. true, me. But he he is ombre. His coloration is fantastic. Yes. He's got a little his head oh, is very that. dark, and he gets grayer as you go <laughs> yes. the length of his extended of his long, <laughs> low body, Julie. So very yeah. ombre. Uh, that is very on trend, Liz. Yes. That's, <laughs> I, I would expect nothing less from you. And he has a little white patch on his chest, which is super cute. Yeah, yeah, he, he's adorable. And so then, we're doing okay. Yeah. Great. Very cute. Thank dog. you for coming by to meet him. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. He appreciated that. My pleasure. He, it did make me sneeze. That makes me sad. But <laughs> he did make me. <laughs> I'm allergic to many breeds, not German mm-hmm. shepherds. But yeah, so. But I was happy to pet him when, while I could. And then I had to stop. Okay. Well, me. enough happiness because yep. now we need to talk about the Bitter Business Bureau. Uh, you know, this is, uh, we have been bitter about uh, people making large sums of money for no apparent reason, sometimes for reasons, uh, for good reasons, but we're still, we still remain bitter. So um, I was not surprised, Liz uh, and Leon, by the big news over the weekend that Facebook has failed to stop pro- improper access and handling to their user da- data. Apparently, over 50 million users, as reported by the New York Times, had their had their data used without their permission um, in conjunction for political campaign purposes by the Trump campaign in 2006, by the Senator Ted Cruz campaign here in Texas, and maybe earlier. We don't even know. We don't even know. But it all started with this company called Cambridge Analytica. And they are Cambridge University faculty member, and he had a Facebook app. It was a personality prediction app. That's why I never take those quizzes. Never, ever. (laughs) I know. And this was, you know, the, the, the app was, this is your digital life. And he said that he was collecting data for academic purposes. Well... And he did get permission from over 200,000 users to to share their data for academic uh, um, purposes. But lo and behold, he didn't get uh, permission to use that for the rest of the 50 million users. And I think people are kind of mad about it this morning, Liz. Now, I have never trusted Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) I know you. You've been very outspoken on this issue. I've never liked him. I don't (laughs) like the hoodie. I just, you know, I mean, even way back in 2010, he, he... He was making speeches saying privacy is no longer a social norm, that people have gotten comfortable sharing more information with different kinds of information with more and more people. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now. I love Facebook. I love our Facebook group. I like pictures of kids, dogs, pies, penguins, old boyfriends, and bad bosses. That's what I use Facebook for. But I don't. I don't approve of this. That that our data is being you know bought and sold by third parties for purposes that we didn't intend. So you're right, Liz. Don't ever do those quizzes. Here's one thing that makes me mad about this particular story is that. I guess if you say you're doing it for academic purposes, 
Facebook just says, oh, okay, please. Oh, come on in. Like they give you the stuff because you promise that you're not going to use it for commercial purposes. So, oh, yeah, what could go wrong with that plan as long as you promise? So I'm a little bit shocked to find out it was that easy for them to get permission to use this stuff. And then, okay, they broke the Facebook terms of service. So like a couple of years later, they're getting thrown off, (laughs) thrown off the platform. But mm, that just doesn't does not seem right to me. But then I thought, Okay, we have all kind of gotten hooked on Facebook, right? Right. The, it is, you know, it can really. It is good for for looking at babies and dogs and yes. friends and all of you know and people's adventures. Great. Yes. Okay. So but what not, I did, Julia, is I went to uh, this story in Wired magazine. And it's called how to lock down your Facebook privacy settings. I thought maybe I just need to go back in and make sure that I am protecting my myself as much as I can. So I am not going to explain to everyone today exactly how to do this, but I will put a link to this story in our show notes. because it <laughs> So is, don't private message Liz yes, about please. Liz, how do you do it? Just don't do it. Don't do just it. send Liz really? all your private information and she'll take care of it for you. Yeah, no. honestly, if you Google how to lock down your Facebook privacy settings, you this wire story will come right up. So I did a couple of the things. The first is to fine tune your friends. Well, it's a little bit too late to start throwing people off your uh, off your friendship list, but you can change who can see your stuff. And so I used to say, well, everyone can see my stuff. Right. Uh, Yeah. No, those days are over, people. If you're not if you're not my friends, I I, like I changed my setting on that. Then I always had a limit on tagging. That if you tag me in a photo, I have to approve, approve it. Yeah, me too. So, uh, so I did that. Um, you can review what people uh, are saying about you, all of that stuff. But here's where it really gets interesting. It's all the commercial purposes, Julie, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Yes. And yeah. you can look at some of this stuff. So this is, if you go into your settings... So, okay, now I'm looking at my Facebook page, upper right-hand corner. You see the little downward arrow. Click on that, settings. You go into settings, and there's a whole list, security and login, privacy, timeline and tagging. Down in the bottom third of that, you'll see where it says apps, and then it says ads. That's Mm -hmm. surprising what's in Mm -hmm. that group, isn't it, Liz? This is where the problem is, people. (laughs) It is really, this is where they can really find out a lot about you. So I went into the apps and, you know, this is my own fault because every time I use Facebook in a third party app to log in, you know, you're say ordering some food from Grubhub. <laughs> oh, and they <laughs> hypothetically, make, hypothetically, right, you're using Grubhub <laughs> to have food delivered to your living room couch. Uh, do you want to create a Grubhub account or do you just want to log in through Facebook? Right. Every time I say, oh, I'll just log in through Facebook. I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But then I do it. Then yeah. I do it because it's just the lazy Easy. way. Yeah. So I went in and I was surprised how many times I've used Facebook as my login. So I went in and deleted about half of them yesterday. Just you can you can delete them. You can uh, change the settings. But I still have 62 here that I. <gasps> 62? 62? Liz? Well, oh OK, gosh, I have Liz. like, you know, um, my Best Buy account, my BuzzFeed login, my Grubhub, <laughs> VRBO, Hulu, LinkedIn, all of that I'm logging in through Facebook. 
you know, so the ones that are just like, maybe I don't need these. Oh, I have MeUndies, of course. I love MeUndies. <laughs> but when I order my MeUndies, I go through Facebook. Maybe I should stop doing that. Maybe that's precisely the kind of information you don't want out there about yourself is what underwear you are wearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so most of, I took away all of the ones that I thought were like one shot purchasing that I did. And I left only these, but it's still 62. So I might have to take another pass through this. I think, think I think you should. Do Liz. I really I think... need house? I'd like that website, though. You know, that, yeah. So, yeah. Liz, you just do I really need. All right. Well, see, uh, here's d- the thing. You you, Liz, and many of us don't care that house or Chico's or, you know, yeah. Grubhub has your personal information. Yeah. But you do care if like a political campaign has it. Yes. So, I, right. I, Julie, I would disagree. I think Mark Zuckerberg's right. If even if you don't believe it, like I think people have really been fairly lax about private information. Like we're OK with certain commercial things having our private information. You know, information. Yeah. But well, I think we just didn't I don't know think what they, they were did. doing with it. Right. Now, right. So then, I don't think you know the implication, no. the dark yeah. side of it. And I don't think their explanation to date has been adequate at all. No, you know? not at all. And that right. they have profited in a way that you never intended your personal information to be profited. Right. Now, I know today the big trending item is to delete your Facebook account. And I saw that our good friend, Leon, uh, Taya Leone yeah. from Madam Secretary Series has this morning deleted her Facebook account and said she's only going to be on Instagram. Well, Taya, guess what? It's Instagram is owned by Facebook. <laughs> so that is not really going to work out for you. So, yeah. okay. I know. I, I just, I've, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've, I'm torn. So back into settings. So we talked about apps, but really where you're going to have fun is look at, click on where it says ads and you'll see what they think they know about you based on what you've clicked on, what you've done. So, and then you click on your interests. So news and entertainment. Okay. They know that I read the New York times and the LA times. I watch the daily show. I listen to iHeartRadio. blah, 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 blah. Then business and industry, whatever. But then I got into hobbies and activities. I'm like, huh, what, do they, what do they think my Liz. hobbies and activities are? Okay. There's hotels. That's true. I go to a lot of hotels. Uh, there's wildlife. Oh, sure. Wow. You know, I watch wildlife on TV. I enjoy wildlife in the wild. Uh, charities and causes. Yes, I often use Facebook to, like, make donations to people. But then there was one here. This totally made me laugh. How did this get on my list of my hobbies and activities? Sloth is, <laughs> is what it says. So apparently I'm being targeted um, with ads about sloths. For something I clicked on quite a while, I don't wow. remember. So I, I, I get tar- I get ads from the Sloth Lovers Club, the Sloth, <laughs> the sloth Guy, Sloth Fans, and I am Sloth. <laughs> so, okay, just FYI. So you're going to be surprised what's in there. Yeah. And you might want to go in and change some of those settings. Just FYI. So I'll post the link to this story. The rest of it is up to you. We're not going to tell you what you should do or how you should do it. There you go. All right. Uh, We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a break now to thank some sponsors. And then when we come back, we'll have the Royal Pod. Julie promises lots of royal. Okay. All right, we're back. Jewel, what's happening? Uh, Royal well, I have some breaking royal news this morning. It's just really exciting for Prince Harry and Miss Meghan Markle. They have chosen their pastry chef for the <laughs> wedding. And I know you wanted to know this. I do. Like, 
Claire Patak of Violet Cakes, okay, is going to be making um, their wedding cake. And of course, as you can imagine, Claire is a California-born baker. So how oh, about that? Really? Isn't that exciting for us? <laughs> yes. That is really exciting. And of course, because she is a California baker, everything is organic. Everything is seasonal. And so you know this is going to be a super-duper special California-inspired cake, not some stuffy, dry British cake. Okay, so that's <laughs> really <good news>. Right. <laughs> I'm on her website right now. Yeah, I'm going. We're both looking around. It looks beautiful. (laughs) Violetcakes.com. Yes, we're excited. I'll just... All the you know congratulation notes are coming in to her, so good for her. Okay, that must be very exciting. Oh, that must be so nerve wracking. A little pressure, a little pressure. Oh okay. my god! Oh, she was a pastry chef at Chez Panisse. Oh, oh okay. okay, okay. That's some serious so, cred. Okay. Hmm. Serious California credentials. Yes. That's what we like about yes. this. About this whole wedding is the, <laughs> the American subcurrent going in. Okay, other big uh, royalty news is you know there's a new biography out uh, about um, Prince. You know, you know his name there. Oh, yeah. yeah, the prince. <laughs> I'll just say the prince who will never be king. That's what I call. But. <laughs> Okay. If you have anything to do with it, which you don't, but okay. Which which he won't. But but the new biography came out that he apparently is quite persnickety when he travels, that here's his must-have possessions when he takes a trip. Now, he brings his own bed sheets, okay? So he brings his own linen. In some cases, he brings his own orthopedic bed, okay? Mm. He insists on his own toilet paper, his own toilet seat, okay? Uh, You definitely have to uh, stock his special brand of whiskey. And he also travels with two small landscape paintings of the Scottish Highlands. No. Yes, (laughs) yes, of course. It's all true because Until you got there, Julie, I was thinking, well, he's got all these footmen and people that travel with him. It's not like he personally has to carry his toilet seat. So if you could bring your own, would you, you might, but the landscape paintings, that's a bridge too far. Uh, to me, I thought the brand, I thought that was a nice touch. You know, people bring their pictures of their family, their dogs, their pets, whatever, when they're traveling, I can see Tink Pateki, you know, he, nobody in his family likes him. So he's not going to bring a picture of Camilla, right? So it was some nice pictures of the landscape. That's okay. Well, I think the Camilla is the one person who likes him. I think, <laughs> I think Camilla actually yeah. likes her husband, but okay. I, okay. I, I take your and, point. And as for the bed sheets, well, you know, you can walk through any airport in America and there are people carrying their quilts and their pillows. Okay. Yeah. So he is a prince. All right. So uh, I guess he, you know, he should, he should have that. Yeah. Um, Sheila Dolan travels with a bed. Yeah. A <laughs> she small does. foldable thing Who she puts that? on top of it. Cuddle you. Cuddle you. Yeah. Cuddle you. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, right. <laughs> So I I don't know. So, but I, I, I do think the toilet seat is a bridge too far for me. You know, it just, again, proves that royalty is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Included in this book, which we don't have time to talk about is all the lowdown about how Queen Elizabeth still does not like Camilla and how she really gave Camilla the cold shoulder at Camilla's wedding. But there's also bad news coming uh, 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 out this week that, you know, if for some reason they make him king, okay, which we certainly Would don't like to see, prevent. Yes, we don't see any reason that, you know, Camilla was is supposed to stay, keep the title of princess consort. But 
he would have the legal authority to make her queen. And she was asked about it this past week. And apparently she thinks it would be a fine idea to be queen. Uh. I say, we say no to that. No, no to that. I didn't realize Queen Elizabeth didn't like Camilla. Oh, yes. No. Well, again, this is, uh, it's, okay. these are all trashy biographies. <laughs> trashy bios. Unauthorized land. Okay. But apparently she gave her the total cold shoulder, never huh. invited her to anything prior to the wedding at all, and just, and barely even spoke to her at the actual wedding ceremony or party afterwards. So she's hmm. really, hmm. I mean, okay. Queen Elizabeth, she has her standards. You've seen the crown, yes. haven't you, Liz? I have. Liz? I have. Uh-huh. I have. Okay, well, speaking of which, uh, it was revealed just in the last couple of weeks that Netflix, which produced um, the very fine series, The Crown, uh, paid the star, Queen Elizabeth, the actress Claire Foy, less than her male co-star, Matt Smith, who played Prince Philip in that. So, um, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, uh, sisters, but I mean, I think Claire Foy was, was doing all the heavy lifting in that series. She was magnificent as the queen. She and, was. She was. That's true. But, you know, I this, is where, this is where entertainment is a little bit different than other fields because, yeah, I do. There definitely pay inequities, but Claire Foy was unknown and Matt Smith was super famous. Yeah. He was Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. So you do come into these jobs with a following, and so the pay is commensurate. What's unfair about it is that because the men are always paid more than than the women, that just sort of exacerbates itself. So the longer you're in the field, the more the pay gap opens up. But I don't think right. you can – it's not like – you don't get paid according to minutes on screen. It's right. so well, it lines. Was a much, yeah. uh, really? Oh, because it was a much bigger part, obviously. Yes, she of had, course. You know, she was – She was. Uh, you know, he was just storming in and out in a few scenes. He was very good in it. I like Matt Smith. But, you know, he, nothing compared to the work that Claire Foy was doing for yes, that. I totally so. agree. And, and ap- apparently mm-hmm. going forward, Netflix has said that no one will get paid more than the Queen. Okay, just <laughs> but she's not in the next one. I know it's too late for Claire. Yeah, but she, hopefully she'll make, you know, hopefully the next job she gets, she'll make more money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I do kind of agree. He was a lot more famous than she was. So that is that mm-hmm. is how it works in a few mm-hmm. fields. You know, it's not like they're literally sitting in the same cubicle doing right. the same job. It's a it's a different situation. I mean, and she had a much her... bigger job. She was being queen. Liz. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm just saying it's not it's and because there's so fictional. many more because there are so many more roles for men. They just get more and more jobs and they get paid more and more. And so that's where it just gets worse and worse because there are plenty of opportunities for him to star in TV shows and way fewer opportunities for her. So, okay. Uh, so well, United, here's I, another related I, story yeah. coming out this week. About, you probably have seen that uh, the BBC has had an issue with their newsreaders where they were paying you know, uh, the male newsreaders more than the female newsreaders for the same amount of work. Well, it was this week, it was revealed that uh, John McEnroe, uh, the great tennis player, um, uh, who does the coverage for the Wimbledon um, tennis tournament for the BBC, is paid 10 times more than Martina Navratilova, who also is a commentator for Wimbledon. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
in this case, I would have to say John is worth it. Ten to, he's worth 10 times more as a tennis commentator, not as a tennis player. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. for equal pay for if they're, you know, if they're in the tournaments and equal, you know, prize money for both the men and the women. But as a commentator, I don't think you, I think he, John McEnroe is the best expert commentator in tennis, maybe in all sports. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a question of gender there. I think it's a question of expertise and how much coverage he does. Again, he's on a lot more during that series than Martina is. You know, I kind of agree with you on that. Again, I think their jobs are different and they come into it different, except this. This is where I got hung up. It's the Matt Lauer scenario. I think there's always an assumption that an authoritative male needs to be at the center of everything. And then because of that assumption, they get paid a lot more than all of the women that might be, say, co-starring with them or co-hosting with them. If you look at, like, how much more money Matt Lauer was making than everyone else at the Today Show, and they always said it's because, well, America loves Matt Lauer, and he's the one bringing in all the ratings. And then guess what happened? Matt Lauer's gone, and the ratings go up. When they, the whole assumption that Matt Lauer it was really the key to that whole operation was just wrong. It was drunk. That was people. In the- uh, but I do believe John McEnroe is the key to okay. um, the tennis okay. commentary. That, that I, may I, be so. I, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think you just cannot compare the two. That's, that's the thing. I mean, Matt Lauer had no talent. Let's- <laughs> <laughs> but yet okay. somehow they believed he did and he just got paid wildly more than everyone else. So I, yeah, I, I take your point, Julie, that it, part of it is your, your skills at the actual job. And again, whether or not people are tuning in to hear what you in particular, are bringing to the commentary. And uh, John is fantastic at that. Martina is too. But John is, John is sort of I don't like, think she's fantastic. I don't, I don't think she's I a good commentator. Yeah. I think Mary Carrillo is a good commentator. Yeah, yeah Mary Carrillo. You know, right. I, I think there are plenty others that, you know, are doing a better job uh, talking about tennis. So I mean, I like Martina a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think John McEnroe is, I think Julie's right. He may be the best, you know, commentator across all professional sports. Like he brings a lot of insight to what he does for a former athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some that are just terrible. I think Martina is fine. So, okay. but I, I, and I, and I, I think Chrissy I think she works better commi- than, uh, than Martina at Navitrol. Yeah. I think she and works. I hope commi- Chrissy makes more than Martina. <laughs> Okay. Well, if Martina was listening, she's no longer listening. <laughs> we are never going to get her on our podcast now, are we? I'm sorry, Martina. No, I admire a lot about Martina, but sometimes there are actual skills. It's like saying, oh, everyone who stars, plays on the basketball team is, is the, the same. same. No, some people are just... Some people are Michael Jordan or LeBron James, and some people are not. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the way it is. That's They all have a role, you yeah. know, there's fine. She She makes the starting five, but she's... Yeah, she's not LeBron. So she's not Mac. But yeah. Some of these are so subjective though. Yes, That's why I, know. I think I know. there's always a rationale for paying the men more in the like for doing very similar things. I know. I know. Because of this assumption that, oh, well, they're in charge. Yeah. So well, okay. Well what are we doing okay. next year? We're doing the uh, dead women. Liz. Oh, dead women. Okay, yes. Women That's system. right. I, I wanted to use Fire this, up the dead women. I machine. wanted to use this as a jumping off point to um uh, mention something that is running now in the New York Times, very impressive project they undertook. Here's the deal. The New York Times has been doing obituaries since 1851. 
And so that's they've done thousands and thousands of obituaries since uh, since that time, as you can imagine. But they realized that over and over again, noted women were not being written about when they died, but noted men always were. And this is something that really just they just became super conscious of this recently. But of course, it was always true. So they've put together a project that they're calling Overlooked. And they're going back and they're doing obituaries now for women who got overlooked in their day. And they're fascinating. And they're going, this is going to be an ongoing series. So I mentioned at the top of the show, Charlotte Bronte, like got, got no love at all when she died. So they've redone Charlotte Bronte. They've redone Ida B. Wells, you know, who complained, campaigned against lynching and was super famous in her day. They noted that Ida B. Wells they, they mentioned in the paper when she got married, but for some reason they never mentioned when she huh. died, you know, or Emily Roebling. She's the one who actually oversaw the construction of the Brooklyn Bridge when her husband, like, had a stroke. He's the one who designed the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh-huh. He had a stroke. She built the damn bridge. Okay. So, so, okay. <laughs> so, so they're, going, they're going back and finding these women now, and it's really fascinating. So the first 15 women included the ones I just named, plus Sylvia Plath. Henrietta Lacks, Margaret Abbott, the first American woman to win an Olympic championship. She never got an obituary. So uh, very interesting. Go take a look at these. And they said that since they they launched this project on International Women's Day and people apparently are very behind it, they've gotten 2,000 entries since then of specific women people think have been overlooked. So so there you go. I'll put put a link to this in our show notes, of course. And I think it, you know, sort of goes right into the book we're featuring next week on Satellites. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, we're going to talk to author Karen Carbo. Her book is In Praise of Difficult Women. It's our Satellite Sisters book club pick for March. And it's 29 women who were, quote, difficult in their day. But she's picked some, you know, some obvious candidates uh, that we know and love. Your Nora Ephron, your Amy Poehler's. But some other ones that are not so obvious, like Kate Thompson, who wrote the Eloise books. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's what she's famous for. And that it just makes me laugh because Karen describes her at the end of the essay as just kooky. And you just you don't have any kooky women around anymore. <laughs> but she was actually sort of a song and dance and a Broadway singer and actress. Really? Yeah. And she had a, a long, strange career on Broadway that kept kind of coming and going and getting hot and not. At one point in her career, she appeared in a review with the Williams brothers, like the singing Williams brothers, including Andy Williams. And she had a torrid affair with Andy Williams when Whoa. she when she was 38 and he was 20. Really? What the? Yeah. Good for her. And then later in her life, she got very, very jealous of the the girls that played Eloise at promotional events and on Broadway and things like that. She felt like she should be Eloise. And they, she started dressing like Eloise. Okay, I love her. So kooky. I love her. So kooky. This is why we need to hear these stories. Thank you, Karen Carbo. Yes. In praise of difficult women, we're going to be speaking to Karen next week. So you can pick up the book. A lot of fun essays. You know, it's an easy to read book, but it's a it's she takes a look at some really interesting women. I'm looking forward to talking to her about that. All right. Right, the perfect follow-up to Beachbody on Demand. Liz, ooh, happy National Ravioli Day. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring some ravioli to the studio? I don't see any. No. But, okay, you know, we get these pitches at Satellite Sisters, lots of them, and very few make me laugh out loud. But 
Remember a couple months, wait, about a month ago, it was National Tortellini Day. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> it was National Tortellini Day, and you, you're not. Oh, they know your soft spot, Leanne. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but the same people that pitched us on Tortellini Day pitched us on Ravioli Day. <laughs> Three bridges, Ravioli. Okay, and not only is it National Ravioli Day, Liz, they have a Ravioli survey, and so you know. If you want to wow your friends at dinner tonight, serve them some ravioli and then just hit them with some of these ravioli facts. <laughs> Since we got a, okay. we had a question. Oh, yeah. I don't have enough ravioli facts, Leanne. <laughs> I am going to pull over for this. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Okay. We got a question on the Facebook page the other day. Like, what do we do at dinner to like not talk about politics, politics right. or current events? <laughs> yes. Ravioli is <laughs> what you want to do. Okay. Guess how many... Guess what percentage of Americans like ravioli, Liz? A hundred percent. Who doesn't like ravioli? I'm sorry to say that 2% of Americans hate it. Okay? That's okay. impossible. But uh, 87% of Americans like ravioli. Uh-huh. I mean, those are good numbers. Liz. 87. Yes. Okay. Right. There's Very nobody solid. in politics who's 87%. No. No, no one has that approval rating. No. Ravioli does. <laughs> okay? 52% of Americans like to get cheesy with the ravioli list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. I know. I didn't. I don't even really Is relate. There an alternative? I know. To other ravioli fillings. There are. There is Liz. So the number one ravioli filling, cheese, okay, <laughs> followed by sauce. <laughs> Breaking news. These, Liam, these aren't really facts. <laughs> they're facts. Julie, they're facts, okay? It says so in the email, Julie. It says so. Okay. All right. Sausage, number two. <laughs> number two filling. Number yeah. three filling, chicken and cheese. Oh, chicken and cheese. Okay. okay. When do we get to mushroom? I don't know. That would be my favorite. Number four, Liz, this surprised me. This is a surprising ravioli fact. Lobster is the number four filling. Really? I, I didn't even... Okay, you're going to wow people at your dinner table tonight when you tell them not. Satellite They're not going to guess. I mean, that could take all night. Like, yeah. oh, no, number four. Go ahead, guess. <laughs> and then number five, spinach and cheese. Oh. So, I thought spinach would, would be in the top five. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then they make a very odd turn in this press release. <laughs> they, they want Americans to know, apparently there was an internet meme or question going on, are Pop-Tarts a form of ravioli? And <laughs> That would be a hard no. It's a no. This is yeah. a no, Liz. So, but again, that's a provocative question to ask at dinner. Pop, <laughs> do you think Pop-Tarts are ravioli? Yeah. You probably discuss. Get, yeah. And then... Finally, this is this is a surprise. The top ravioli loving states. Okay. Wow. I okay. Guessed, I'm gonna like, go with Illinois, number one. No, well, I would have gone with like New Jersey, number one. You know, I thought it was gonna be like the north northeastern yeah, Illinois got Chicago. Delaware, number one ravioli loving oh, state. How could that be? <laughs> I don't per capita. That is not true. That is not a fact. That is going to bust up your di- your family dinner if, yeah. you, if you go with Delaware on your answer. Followed by number two, North Dakota. Okay. Liz, I it's think a this fact. is a business development it's a ravioli thing. Fact. They're, they're apparently not selling enough ravioli in a few of the Mar- of those states. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Liz, are you saying these aren't facts? <laughs> <laughs> saying this is a tainted ravioli I'm survey? It's marketing, Leah. So there's it's fact like. <laughs> All right. Happy National Ravioli Day. Wow, Happy you've Na- inspired me for tonight. Yeah.
that is it. That there, I mean, that why not? That's why not ravioli. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay, well, I have another good news story, sisters, that I wanted to share with you. The story of Daphne the duck. I don't know if you saw this, Liz. It caught my eye because the dateline for this story is Perth, Australia. And okay. you and I started uh, 2018. We took a little trip to Australia. So all things Australia, I'm always very thumbs up about. So here's the story of Daphne the duck. It was a large, very large inflatable duck. And it was being used by a swim club in Perth. They were going to, they put this duck out as a buoy. So as the swimmers who were practicing ocean swimming, they would be swimming around Daphne the duck. And it cost them a lot of money. It cost them uh, hundreds of dollars, Australian dollars, to get Daphne to, to, you know, to blow her up and stick her out there for the swim club. And then as the president of the swim club reported, he said that he underestimated Daphne's hunger for freedom. <laughs> that somehow Daphne broke broke free from the buoy and she was, according to him, gone, baby gone. That oh. uh, some of the other swimmers said she was a massive old girl. And apparently uh, she just had an other idea about where she wanted to be. And it wasn't uh, being stuck in the harbor in Perth for the swim club. Well, this, you know, when Daphne set out to sea, they, uh, this, this created a giant uh, alert in, in Perth. And as uh, Liz, you and I know, that nobody lives in Australia, yes. very few people. So, <laughs> yes. so this was really big news that <laughs> Daphne had gotten off her mooring. And people, um, maybe as many hundreds of people, you know, because it's Australia, they got involved with searching for Daphne. Of okay, course. They were... Sure. Yeah. Wouldn't they you got do nothing that? else. No, I say this in the nicest way because we loved every single moment we were in Australia, but they got nothing to do there. So they might as well search for Daphne, right? No, I'm, I'm being uh, yeah. sarcastic there. But a search was under a, a large search. People were looking all over for Daphne. They were using scientific methods to figure out the currents and which way Daphne would go and where would she go. They were bringing in psychics. They were asking duck experts, like even though she was an inflatable duck, they just, <laughs> they thought some of this would happen. Well, the great news is that they were able, that a fisherman, you know, located Daphne not too far from Perth, that she had washed up on the on the rocks there, and they were able to uh, to set her to get her off the rocks, and now she's back home. She's oh, back home exciting. where she belongs. It is just a feel good story. You've got to really cheer for Daphne, and you've got to cheer for the Australians who just you know who really just stepped up to mm -hmm. find Daphne. Sure. Oh, I love this. Okay, that's great. Oh, it's yeah. a big duck. And it was a fisherman who found it. Yeah, it's a big duck. <laughs> it's a big duck. And you would have been shocked as a fisherman if you'd seen this giant duck. Yeah, it's a giant inflatable duck. That's what I said at the beginning of the story. Well, yeah. it's, now that I'm, I'm looking at the pictures, I've, I Googled her and there's yeah. she's giant. Okay, yes, well, yeah. congrats to the swim club. That's so very this nice with the swim club, they're happy. They're happy she's back, uh, but they they understand uh, who they're dealing with with uh, Daphne. So I don't know if she's going to be involved in any future swim races. That's to be determined. Uh, but it's good that she's back home. I'm and, just surprised uh, they didn't name her Ducky McDuckface personally. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. She already had a name. Yeah, Daphne. Daphne. Okay. She already had a good name. Okay. She already had a good name. 
And then finally, just uh, another super good uh, feel-good story. It is the first day of spring. It is not too late if you, uh, you know, if you have not gotten your spring or Easter decorations. This is a Pier 1 cute alert I'm giving you this morning. <laughs> okay. Leanne, you know, you, you started it, okay? Yeah. You started it sort of collecting woodland creatures uh, from Pier 1. Uh, they had them uh, over the holidays at the Christmas time, and you were, uh, you, lured it, you were lured many people into Pier 1 mm-hmm. to check out the cute uh, woodland creatures. Uh, uh, Creatures. Well, they're back, Leanne, for the spring and Easter tableau. Uh, and you really need to get on it right away because the, it's clearance prices now, Leanne. I don't know why it's, it's, we've got two weeks before Easter, but everything's on clearance at Pier 1. So get over there. Um, I, I have sent you both a picture, and we're going to post this uh, on uh, with our show notes. That is of Trixie and Pixie. These are adorable little woodland bunnies going down a, a little woodland slide, right? Did you see <laughs> yeah, that? Did you see that? Know, How cute that cute. is? Now I'm they on the website. All kinds yeah. of cute little woodland bunnies. You know, if you do not have a Pier 1 in your, in your town, you can go online. You can see these. You know, I promised myself when we I downsized that I would not buy any more junk for my house that uh-huh. I would just yeah. <laughs> I had like really selected each piece of of items for my house and that I was not going to chuck fill it up with other stuff but Leon I broke down when I saw Trixie okay. and Pixie going down the slide <laughs> I broke down. I bought it, Leanne. I've got it in my <laughs> it's house. It's so now. cute. I can see it's it. It's part of my Easter tableau, yeah. you know, and it's going to bring me joy. I expect that it will bring at least some uh, portion of my grandchildren a little smile when they see Trixie and Pixie on the slide. They have, they have a lot of cute bunnies. I'm like, yes, I'm a, they do, Leanne. Oh I told you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, and one of the bunnies is named Daphne. So that's. <laughs> It all comes full circle. And they got some piglets, too, that are pretty cute. Okay. All right, Julie, good tip. Good tip. Okay. Okay. Pier one cute alert. All right. So so now I want to do a little bit of a roundup from the, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Despite what we were saying I earlier know. in the show about not trusting uh, Facebook, if you're in the group, it's all good. Yeah. It's just it's posting too much personal information. Maybe you want to, you know, be careful about that. But we love what goes on in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So a couple of shout outs. Or, except the naked photos. Let's just keep it clean, ladies. <laughs> Gentlemen. You removed a thing. I didn't have to remove a naked man this <laughs> this week. It's not. A, I know it was all meant in good fun and yeah. it was not salacious, but okay. yeah. I mean, all right. a, so you know, pe- people should keep the language clean and your clothes on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Good rules. Thank mm-hmm. you. So some of the highlights this week, I mentioned on last week's show that I had the big leak in my bedroom ceiling and then, and it soaked my mattress. And I mentioned in the Facebook group, I wasn't sure to, sure what to do about that. So Danielle, even today was still asking, so what did you decide to do about the mattress? Everyone has recommended that I get a new mattress. Leanne, I, I showed you my mattress. It looks fine, it, right? And it didn't smell in there. But people seem to think that, like, danger lurks you within You get a new mattress, Liz. That's just, yes. Yeah. So I'm working on it, Julie. As you may have heard, okay. if you listen to any podcasts ever, there are lots of mattress sponsors in our world. So I'm working on that. So thank you, Danielle, for asking the question today and everyone else who gave me advice on that. 
Next, I want to uh, kudos to Amy. Amy really upping her photo game. She posted a super cute picture with the message, what do you do when all five caterpillars from your preschool classroom have turned into chrysalises over spring break. Oh, how fun. And she's the super cute picture of the butterfly sitting on her nose. Anyway. I yeah, love that. That I was a good that. one, right? Yes. So thanks for the update of what's going on in your preschool classroom, Amy. Um, then some, some of the things that people post are sad, and we want to make sure that we make you know that we're thinking of you. Uh, Laura, you posted about your father dying, and we're, we were very sorry very to moved. hear that. Very moved. You know, it was, a, it was a lovely post, and... You thanked us because you had listened to the episodes of when we lost both of our parents and you said that was helpful to you and very meaningful to you. So um, thank you for telling us that. Yes. That really, that means a lot to us. And many people in the Satellite Sisterhood, many of you posted messages for Laura and that's a really lovely thing we can do for each other when these bad things happen. Yep. Um in our life. Then the last thing I want to mention is, because uh, I'm setting a new goal here, the last couple of weekends, I've posted an Operation Sea Turtle update because uh-huh. that is my health and wellness program. And I just posted a picture of myself at the pool going back to water aerobics. And um, a lot of good comments there. Peggy, you mentioned that you didn't even know what a swim parka was because this weekend I, it was a photo of me or last weekend, a photo of me and my swim parka. And like... Apparently, you haven't been watching like Katie Ledecky at the Olympics, <laughs> Michael Phelps at the. I was inspired by the Rio Olympics. You see, all the cool swimmers <laughs> have the big swim parkas. So, like, not that I'm putting myself in Katie Ledecky's category, but I can at least, you know, you know, rock the the swim parka. So, thank you for that. Allison said that she thinks my voice sounds clearer since I like stopped traveling so much. And thanked me because she said she just came from the pool herself because she was inspired by the post. So, wow. Okay. That's yeah. very good. So that's what so that's what made me decide to do this. I feel like Operation Sea Turtle can be a way we can give each other health and wellness pep talks in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Good idea. So here's what I want to do. Every weekend, I'm going to post a little update from me. And then everyone, as part of that thread, okay, let's try to keep it all in one thread every week. As part of that thread, whatever you want to say about your own health and wellness program, how are you doing? If you want to provide a little pep talk to somebody else in the Satellite Sisterhood, what's working, what's not working, whatever. We're, if every week we, we can just all chime in and give each other a little bit of a pep talk, that's what we want to do. I looked at all those apps and like, I don't know how we can really do all of that together. I think it's more fun yeah. just for us to talk to each other. So there you go. Every weekend, will probably be Saturday, but it might be Sunday. I'll post something that's a little bit of like this week's Operation Sea Turtle update. Then everyone gets to chime in as part of that thread with whatever is working for you or not working for you or whatever kind of um, encouragement you want to provide other satellite sisters and satellite misters. So there you go. That's all going to be happening in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg, not welcome in the group. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, one last thing that I did post a lot about this week is I have a new podcast. (laughs) 
Oh, did, yeah, yeah. I didn't mention it at the top of the show. Yeah. I do another show that's a workplace advice show. It's now called Safe for Work. Last year it was called I Hate My Boss. So that's all new this week. For anyone that wants to listen, try that out, subscribe. That's great. I encourage you to to give that show a listen. Sounds good, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Anyone have any big plans this week? You know, besides my dance performance at the old folks home, anyone else doing anything? No one can top that. I'm eating ravioli, Liz. <laughs> I've got the Tuesday night, the late night water aerobics. Well, 7 p.m. Late night okay. for me. Going, Ooh, out, that is going out at 7 p.m. <laughs> late. late night. We got to go. We got to go. All right. We'd like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez, here at the Wondry Studios uh, in, on Sunset Boulevard. Next week, we'll have Karen Carbo with us. She is the author of In Praise of Difficult Women, Life Lessons from 29 Heroines Who Dared to Break the Rules. That's our Satellite Sisters book club pick. Uh, have a great weekend, yeah. you guys. Yeah. A great week. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>